Father, we, we praise you. Let's just quiet. Let's just be quiet for a, a little minute here and just really reach out and welcome the Holy Spirit to come this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I can feel the anointing now. Just reach out. Reach out and receive whatever you need to let go of, let go of, and just allow the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to you this morning. He just wants to, I heard him say to me yesterday that he just wants to whisper, he wants you to hear his whisper. He wants you to hear his whisper in your spirit. So Father, we pray that today that those that need to hear your voice clearly about different things, even about their own life, we pray that they would hear your whisper. They would hear your still, small voice. They would hear you saying, I just sense that God is saying, this has got nothing to do with my message anyway, hallelujah. But I just guess the Lord, I just sense the Lord is saying to some of you this morning to come up higher in him. And it'll sort of be related a bit to my message, but to come up higher in him. It's like some have just stayed and, and become complacent, but God is saying to come up higher, press into me even more deeper than what you've ever done ever in your life, to come up higher, to come up higher in his spirit, to come up higher in his way. So Father, we pray that for all of us today, all of us, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you this time, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a strong anointing on me. <sighs> Hallelujah. I'm Kathy. And um, yeah, we have a church in Timaru called pa- uh, Restora- Restoration Ministries Timaru, so it has kind of a different DNA to this church, or to, you know, all churches are different, and, and um, so we're, we're quite prophetic and, um, and healing, more internal, you know, so that's because it's on me, because I pray and minister to many people that don't even go to our church because I've had so much healing in my own life. And the hard togs will tell you that, you know. Hallelujah, Kathy's a better person. <laughs> Didn't hear anything from them. Anyway, what I felt to share this morning was ministry to God, which has been upon my heart all year, really. And um, ministry to God, and it's got nothing to do with being a musician. It's for, for all of us here this morning. And... Um, because our primary function is to worship God, all of us. Above everything else, that's our primary function. Because, you know, worship is the missing jewel in the church. You know, God has really challenged me these last three years, and I've been in the Lord since I was 18. And that's a long time ago. And, um, you know, I've been through many, many dark places and I've been through a dark place recently. When I was here last time, I was in a low place. But yet God anointed me to preach this word, you know. And, uh, but I'm in a good place now, a better place. But the last three years have been quite a challenge for me as a pastor and just as a person in God, you know, because you think, oh, I'm going to give up. You know, this is what I'm thinking, I'm going to give up. And then I get challenged by God, well, who's going to run the church? You know, and that's what I admire about these two here, Bernie and Susie picking up this church. I really, I really respect you for that. 
and you know, and uh, who otherwise this church may not be if they haven't taken the reins. Anyway, go back to my message. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So we're loving God with our whole being, not just my head, not just my hands, but our whole being. If nothing's happening in your spirit, then nothing's going to happen. With your hands, nothing's going to happen. If you're kneeling on the floor, I mean, sometimes in our church, we're all on the floor, we're, you know, through the worship time, because... Um, it's just the way the anointing falls. We're on our knees. In the church of Ephesus, Jesus admonished them all until he said, nevertheless, you've left your first love. Is Jesus your first love today? Is he your first love? today because that's where he wants to be in your life your your first love because the most important matter is our love relationship with Jesus Christ nothing else matters I mean the last couple of years or more I've been on my knees I've prayed more than I've ever ever prayed in my life I've worshipped God more than I and even though I'm a you know a musician worship leader more, because that's how important God is. You know, when you go through the hard times, some of us seasoned people, <laughs> you go through difficult times in your ministry. You know, and I like what John chapter 12, and I thank you, Veronica, for that verse, because I had, it may come out this morning, it may not, but it's such a good verse. Thank you for the worship today, too, because it was just beautiful. You and Wendy did a good team. And anyway, John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, who had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Mary served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And this is what um, Veronica was talking about this morning. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. That was significant to Jesus because she was preparing him for burial. The most expensive thing she could pour out. You know, and our worship is expensive to God. That's all he asks. You know, sometimes I'm so tired at the end of the day, I just go into my room. I mean, I've got all the rooms in the house now because I'm only there by myself. My, my, my sister passed away over a year ago and I had a dog and he passed away the same year, so hallelujah, you know. And <laughs> I still shut myself in my room, put my earphones on my iPad and just listen to worship music. And God... Just ministers, because he needs to minister to us, all of us. And she poured this beautiful perfume out. And that's what Jesus called beautiful. She gave the most expensive thing that she had and poured it out at his feet. And that's why Jesus said, 
it would be remembered for all time. When we get before God, it's important because that's where he breaks you. We're like the alabaster box being broken at the feet of Jesus. And that's where he releases us and the giftings he's placed in our lives. You know, you worship the one whom you love and that is Jesus, our, birth, our first love. And both, both the Hebrew and the Greek words proskunio and shahar, they mean to bow down, they mean to prostrate, prostrate. The Greek word brings out, for those that have dogs would know that a dog licks the hand of his master. Although we're at French yesterday and the dog wanted to lick my face, but I'm not sure about the dog, so I didn't let him lick my face. <laughs> and um, anyway, but, but you know, that, is, that, is, that's, you know, that depicts a true worshipper who has such a relationship with God that he's become a lover he can kiss toward. That's me, that's you, and Jesus. Amen, Lyle? Amen. I know some of these people here, for those of you. <laughs> you know, they were here when, when I came in 19, whatever it was, the 80s, you know, and I'd come back from Israel, and yeah, anyway. So you probably could work my age out soon, but anyway, that's all right. <laughs> but you know, that is intimacy. It's the closeness, you know, it's that closeness that God desires from his people. I think during the last couple of years, or three years actually, I've never known the power of the demonic so much. But I've, I've never known the greatness of Jesus so much. When we moved to witchcraft came at me, and I don't want to go into all that, but you know, it's simmered down now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just funny things happened, and uh, you know, yeah, but God taught me how to deal with that. I never encountered that in my life, but he taught me how to deal with it. The more you get closer to God, the more the enemy hates it and wants to pull you back. So we must pull away from those things that distract us from spending time with the Father. Sometimes it's sacrificial. We must check our priorities and embrace the power of personal communion with God. Sometimes I just have to say no, I'm sorry, to people because I know that my relationship with God is more important. There'll be no anointing if I go and do what they want me to do if I haven't spent my time with Jesus. Recently a girl rang me up, who used to be in our church years ago. You know, they all come and then they all leave, just about. You know, that's a test. <laughs> you know, a woman pastor's not, doesn't go down very well. Anyway, hallelujah, I'm still standing. But anyway, the, the young, um, young woman that came into our, she's young, younger, much younger than me, she texted me a while ago and asked me to go and clean, you know, to go and pray their house out. And I said to the Lord, I have a real problem with this. This girl's left you. I'm not going to that house. This is what I'm saying, you know. And God said, I want you to go to that house. Well, I said, God, you're going to have to give me a word for me to go to that house for her. So he did. I was really wrestling with it. I went to the house. Her and her daughter was there. The other one that knew I was coming fled. True. It was really demonic. 
And um, so I sat down and I started preaching to them. I don't know what, the anointing came out. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, no, this is good, she said. But I asked her, I said, where are you? Where are you in God? She said, I'm coming back to God. I'm coming, I just about cried. You know, because you spend time with these people and they just, you know, throw it away. You know all about it. I'm coming back to God. We prayed the house out. We went underneath in the garage, prayed that out. And then all the dogs started howling next door. (laughs) You know, so something was happening in the spiritual realm. But now I mentor her. She asked me to mentor her. So she's on the right track. Oh, Lord, I'm way off my notes. Anyway, hallelujah. Okay, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. And, um, yeah, Hebrews chapter 12, for those that have their Bible. And we know the scripture, and it says, Therefore, verse 1, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the key word, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus. What does that mean? In the Greek, because I've actually, you know, was doing, when I was doing Bible school, that was, Greek was one of the subjects, but it's broken up into two words. So the first word, apo, means away from. So the word is looking, but it means away from. And the second word, haroa, means to see. So in order to see, you've got to look away from. So he's looking to Jesus, so that means you're looking away from those things that you have your eyes on, but you're looking to Jesus. That's important. Away from looking to Jesus. That's why that scripture is in there. So the word signifies undivided attention. Looking away from all that distracts in order to fix one's gaze on Jesus. What it means is you have no other eyes but for Jesus. You might say, well, I've got eyes for my wife, eyes for my husband, eyes for my whatever. But no, he must be your first love. You know, when I lived in Israel many years ago, I, you know, um, I was a Christian, but young, and I did fall in love with a Jewish man, you know, but then I came back to New Zealand, so I was in a tangle. What do I do? Go back there, marry him, because I was unofficially engaged. Or, should, Lord, but, you know, God, even at then, I was so young, 26, and, um, well, I'm here. I gave him up. That was difficult. But you see, and that's a person, but there's other things. You know, and there's been no other person. I'm single because there's been no other, I mean, I, I remember a church I used to go to, and this is completely off, I hope you don't mind, but anyway... <laughs> um, used to go to and, the, and, the, and a couple of guys would come up to me and say, Kathy, God's told me to marry you. And I said, I said, well, I, yeah, I haven't heard him say that to me, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and um, anyway, where am I? 
But you know, in Luke chapter 10, let's just turn to that for a minute. And this is Mary again. And um, you know the story really well. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. And uh, it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jewish feet and heard his word. And Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to sit at the rabbi's feet because Jesus was a rabbi. And that's what you did when you were sitting, when you were being taught by a rabbi, you would sit at their feet. She had chosen intimacy over activity. And sometimes it's a sacrifice to do that. But I know that I'm absolutely useless if I'm going to minister to someone or if I'm going to minister in church. But I don't spend that time. And it's mainly worship. Not asking, just worship. Just worship. Because when we sit at Jesus' feet, he builds his life within us. But he also begins to prob and probe because he desires to bring healing in our lives, the, the parts of us that people can't see, but it's the parts of us that sometimes exhibit problems. And these things block our relationship with God. In Psalm 42, verse 7, David knew all about it, being anointed king, yet he was running around the desert for years before he became king. And Psalm 42, you know, we got out that song, As the Deer Pants, and then it goes on further, down and where it says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts, O God. All your waves and billows have gone over me. So he's in a depressed state. Deep calls to deep. What does that mean? It means Holy Spirit calling to those deep places in our lives, those places that hurt, those places that are messed up, those places that need healing. When I first came to, it was Mercy Community then, before it became City Light Church, and Pastor Bernie decided to pack me off to Melbourne to prayer counselling school, he probably thought, oh, she needs prayer counselling. <laughs> I had no idea where I was going, never been to Melbourne before, you know, I got on a train, I'm going to this convent, I was there, I thought, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> and um, anyway, it was, you know, and I was there by myself for that first night with all the nuns, you know, that can be a bit intimidating, but anyway, and, you know, but then it was my prayer session to be prayed for, and I had an apostolic pastor from New South Wales and an Anglican minister's wife, but you know what? It was so powerful, absolutely powerful. One of the, when I was in that session, because I'm a twin, I have a twin brother who's a half an hour older than me, and he asked me, said, I feel ill, I feel as I'm going to vomit, and I'm thinking, well, don't do it over me, please, you know. 
And he asked, and I said, well, my mother um, was carrying twins and she was hit on the stomach with a stick. And that's what he was feeling. Yeah, because when we were born, my father, my mother came home in a taxi by herself with two babies. The taxi driver was drunk and had a crash, so we ended up back in hospital again. <laughs> so the enemies tried to take me out and my brother out, you know, and anyway, I'm in this session, and when he prayed for me, Yeah, I know. It's the power of prayer, just something just completely lifted off of me. And I've been to a lot of prayer counseling schools and, and I've been and been prayed for, but also been a part of, you know, their teams. Deep calls the deep. Because God wants to call to those deep places in your lives that need his attention, that need to be healed. Because when that happened, God unlocks intimacy in your lives. He does. It's like there's something just shifted. It's hard to shift it out of the way. And you're in this deeper place with God than you've ever been before because those things are blocking your way to God. If you want a deeper experience in the presence of God, in your church, in your ministry, then you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Give him access into your life. Holy Spirit, I'm here. Because your ministry to the Lord is the foundation of your ministry for the Lord. We get it back to front. We'll go out there, do our ministry, come home and spend time with God. No. Doesn't doesn't happen like that. You'll see no fruit. If we have if we have it back to front, we're only ministering out of a dry well. Because you haven't spent that time with the Father. There's no anointing, no nothing, so you're dry as anything. You need the anointing. And we do have Holy Spirit as the anointing and dwells within us, but we need to know how to access the anointing. And God's been teaching me this in the last wee while. When Jesus came to the well in John 4, you know, that beautiful story of the woman to the well and, you know, how Jesus taught her. And she looked at him because he had no bucket or whatever they draw with, drew with in those days. And she makes the statement in verse 11, Sir... You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. We're like that sometimes, because we haven't been in that place with God, and so there's no water. I mean, Jesus is the living waters of life, and that's what he is trying to teach, but we need to draw from whatever he gives us in that time of intimacy. Then we can take that out. We have the anointing on us, and we can take it out and minister because we've been with Jesus. You can't function in that place of dryness. You can't. And emptiness. If you haven't done the prep work, which is your ministry to God, you are going to draw up nothing. Absolutely nothing. When Veronica, I meant to tell you this, but I don't, I'm still processing it. When you're playing 
you know, that Jesus, the name, you know, the, the last hymn, the last song, and, uh, but went your piano. And I just, I said, okay, Lord, I need a prof, I, I was praying. And I saw all these Hebrew letters dancing on the music. But God hasn't given me, if he does, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> it was so powerful, so don't ever think. That was just so beautiful. They were just dancing because, you know, I've been, lived in Israel, so I understand it was Hebrew letters. I don't know what they are and what the interpretation of that is. In James 4, 8, we know it. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And that's the key. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So true worship comes from the depths of your spirit, from here. I remember Sid, I was listening to Sid Roth, for those years, you know, and he said he feels the Holy Spirit here, and I thought, thank you, amen, that's what, the way I do. Feel him here in my spirit, because we're made tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. Your soul is your emotions. Your body is what, when we lift our hands or we clap, or dance. I don't see dance in the church anymore. When we grow up, you know, Pentecost, when I was brought up in Anglican, but when I got saved, I went Pentecostal. <laughs> and there was lot, lots of dancing in the church, but they probably went out of control a bit, I don't know. You know, and... Um, yeah, it was so powerful. People were at the altar. Sunday night, Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit was moving and Franklin Graham came to New Zealand was when I was here last, 22. And, um, and he said, New Zealand is overwhelmingly beautiful but spiritually empty. It is. That's not good to hear, is it? But, you know, God desires to know you and I in a deep, intimate way. And that will only happen as we come into an undivided relationship with him. Because the level you will know him on will determine the level you will worship him on. Let me say that again. The level you know him on will determine the level you will worship him on. You cannot minister to people if you haven't ministered to God first. I won't go there. If I'm not feeling right, I'd just say no. Sorry, you know, because I'd be hopeless. But if my people come to my house for prayer ministry, well, then I have prepared myself for that to happen. Because you can't give away what you don't have. If you haven't got the anointing, well, why even bother? Even in worship, you know, because I started out in worship. And I know how important it is for that anointing to be on you as you're worship leading and, and playing. You know, things begin to happen. We just need to raise our expectation of what God can do through our ministries. And he can move powerfully through music ministry, any ministry, prayer ministry, whatever ministry. And um, because every time, well, when you worship God, he shows up. He shows up. He responds. Every time worship moves, God moves. So make ministry to God your first priority. Everything you do for him comes out of a relationship with him. Everything. 
I was sitting in church one Sunday morning last year, and um, and we shortly after we had a guest speaker that had lived in China for 30 years, and she saved 600, I think 40 children from abandonment by building, by you know, opening orphanages. She's coming back actually a week after I arrived back, and. Um, and I was sitting in church and my friend Delia was leading the worship. She did it through, because we haven't got musicians. Well, me, I'm one, and I've got another one. And, but this one uses her phone, which is powerful. And I was just sitting there, and, and my other friend was doing communion. I mean, they're all friends in my age. <laughs> I say friends are all friends. Anyway, during communion, and I was sitting there, and I felt this heaviness of the Holy Spirit come on, on me. And I couldn't move out of my chair. I couldn't open my eyes and I thought, Lord, this is going to be a bit of disaster because they're going to wonder what's wrong with me. <laughs> this is true. And I tried to move and I couldn't, but then I saw an angel come and sit beside me, small angel with his hands prayerfully looking at me because I remember I was still going through a lot of deep grief because when you go through grief, other stuff comes up from the past, you know, that you haven't dealt with or you haven't been ministered to. So I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit comes on me. But then on the other side, another angel, I never had this happen before, and I couldn't see the angel. And I thought, right, I'm locked in this chair. <laughs> and, um, and I managed to sort of go like that with my eyes to see what was, you know, going on in the front. And I saw Rowan and, and Delia looking at me and I just went, you know, something like that, and they carried on. I just couldn't move. It's happened to me a couple of times, but, you know, that's how close we need to get to Jesus. I'm not always like that. That just happened in church. Such a strong anointing. God certainly showed up that day. You know, because when we worship God, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit at work within our lives. And it's only the Spirit that can focus directly on God. Not your mind, your spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who gives us direct union with the Father. Because when you worship God, something happens because of the supernatural realm of the Holy Spirit. It also stirs up, stirs up the demons. It stirs up, I don't want to go there this morning, but angels appear and things begin to change. They certainly appear to me. Chains break, walls are torn down, hearts are melted, spirits are re renewed when God shows up. And we'll go to Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And we know the story about Paul and Silas being put in prison because a slave girl was, you know, possessed with divination, which is a Leviathan spirit, really. And uh, they got put in prison. And at midnight, we're talking about it with Veronica before, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they're singing hymns, which is like we sang one this morning, to, it's to, to heal a praise, which is hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was an uh, earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, 
drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul, you know, he said, no, just missing a few out. And then he says in verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. And then at midnight, they gave their hearts to Jesus and were baptized. All this happened at midnight. Hallelujah, isn't that great? That's a good hour to be awake. <laughs> That's when the demons come out too. Anyway, but in God, the worship releases the power of God and the result is breakthrough. We've got to believe for that. The result is breakthrough. God was right in the middle of their battle because they responded to God. You may be in a battle today. You may not be, hallelujah, if you're not, but maybe you are. Get into God's presence and you'll begin to see things change. I remember when I first started the church, had lovely elders, then everything went haywire. And they took me to the lawyer. I mean, they took me to the lawyer. They took me to the high Commissioner in Wellington and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go into it because it's so long ago now. One, I'd fallen down steps and broken my clavicle and that all happened at the same time. You know, and... But you see, God wanted me to press into him. We had to go to our lawyer two or three times. And I got the intercessors here to pray for me and the intercessors in New Zealand. And after a few months, it all stopped. It just stopped. Just like that. Just stopped. Hallelujah. Because I stayed on that place. God gave me one word from Isaiah, a few verses. I stood on that every single day, several times a day looking to Jesus to, to do something because this is serious for our church and for me. You see, come up higher. Come up higher with Jesus. Okay, our last scripture. In Matthew chapter 15, 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21, 28, and it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So remember, Jesus was called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He wasn't called to the whole world until he died on the cross, John three sixteen. So he actually left Israel to go into Tyre and Sidon. He was on assignment from God. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. You might think, Well, how rude that is. <laughs> and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour.
she went to the Lord, he ignored her. And then the disciples tried to get rid of her. She persisted, but she was an outsider. One outside of the covenant at that time, the covenant of Israel, because only Israel was entitled to receive anything from God. But what did she do? She fell down and she worshipped God. That's the key. That is the key. Verse 25. She worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I say that sometimes, even today. Lord, help me. (laughs) You know, and you've got to just ask God for your help every time you go somewhere, whatever you're doing. Lord, help me. Because we're inadequate without the anointing, I tell you. And then Jesus says to her, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What on earth does that mean? She acknowledges Israel's privilege and priority. That's what she responded. Yet she appeals to Jesus' unconditional love and kindness for her demon-possessed daughter. Remember God sent her? God sent Jesus? But he was testing her out. When she did that, she broke through everything that was in her way. She worshipped him. She broke through everything that was in her way. She didn't give up. Her worship and faith in Jesus changed everything. Her daughter was healed. Worship proceeds. A miracle. Today, I don't know some of you, here I know a few of you. Today, minister to God. Make it your priority. If it means shutting your cell phone off or your whatever you got, a, a landline, I've still got a landline as well as a sound phone and your cell phone and everything else. <sighs> Because the practice of your ministry to God will be the foundation, the launching pad of your ministry for the Lord. You must spend enough time with the Lord to keep your spiritual life vibrant and strong. I mean, I know some of the people in here, you know, that um, their faith, like Tina and Fred and others, you know, their faith has kept them all these years. Bernie and Susie and there's others here, Lyle, you know, went through a loss of a wife, dear, dear Dot, you know, and th- those things are hard when you lose someone you love. You just got to press into God, press into him because they're in a better place, even though we miss them. Before, Pilly, before Billy Graham died, he reportedly was asked, what would you have done differently? He said, I would have stayed home more and told Jesus how much I love him. Isn't that a statement? Billy Graham, the great man, you know, I would have stayed home more and told Jesus how much I love him.
We're just going to pray, pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you because you are our first love. And Lord, forgive us the times that we don't allow your love in. And I just sense sometimes, you know, the opposite of love is anger. And I see it so many times it can be a stumbling block to people's, you know, close relationship with God. Just allowing his love to come and to melt our hearts. And I'm just going to, um, just want you to close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord. Firstly, I just want to ask, is there anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their saviour? Just put your hand up. Maybe you, I don't know some of you, but if you don't have never got a, had a relationship with Jesus Christ, just put your hand up. Okay, you're all saved, hallelujah. But maybe some of you today are going through a battle and God wants to come into that place. Maybe some of you here this morning just need some healing because you're not moving forward in God and he needs to to be able to come and to heal that part of your life, that brokenness, that place of darkness where he wants to bring his light. So if anyone this morning, if you need healing, just put your hand up. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you to be brave and come out because I'm, if, you know, if you don't want to come out, that's fine, I'll come to you. But So maybe, Veronica, can you just play something gentle on the piano, please? Thank you. Please feel free to come out if anyone needs prayer this morning. Let's show our appreciation for Kathy ministering and praying for people. It's been a real joy to us. Thank you, Veronica, for twinkling on the ivories. That's been really good. I was reminded again of John 12, where she gave the very best she had to Jesus and isn't that something that we need to do because he gave the very best to us the very best that heaven had to offer he gave the least we can do is to give the best to him in praise and worship and then we'll minister in a different way as well we heard that this morning thank you all for coming and uh, have a tremendous week and put it into practice and see what God will do. Amen. Thank you for being here. God bless.